6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, it's a story that has captured the imagination of Canadians for decades. Uh, This month marks the 90th anniversary of the arrival of the fugitive known as the Mad Trapper of Rat River to the Canadian North. You'll remember the story and, of course, the Edmonton connection. Uh, RCMP Constable A.W. King was shot and killed December 1931. The unknown criminal who, who, who did it, identified himself as Albert Johnson while he led RCMP on a seven-week manhunt across uh, the Arctic. Edmonton's very own war hero, Wap May, was called in to see if he could find him. On February 13th, May helped solve the mystery when he saw a set of footprints leading off from some caribou tracks in the middle of the frozen river. Over the next few days, Mounties were able to track him down. But again, the mad trapper shot and killed a, another police officer. He was eventually shot and killed. But despite the RCMP releasing photos of the man and receiving hundreds of tips from around the world, they never were able to establish his identity. Well, now we are one step closer to knowing who he is, but... I need your help. Michael Jorgensen is a producer and filmmaker with Myth Merchant Films. Uh, help produce the Discovery or produce the Discovery Channel special, The Hunt for the Mad Trapper. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jalen. Thanks for having me. I, I'm fascinated. I've always been fascinated with uh, with this story. Uh, as soon as I learned about it, really, when I moved to Edmonton and certainly with the Edmonton connection, why do you believe people are are still interested, still fascinated by it all? Well, I think number one that uh, people are interested in forensic science. I think you can just uh, all you have to do is turn on television to see how many forensic shows there are. But this is one of those stories. I think, Jalen, you know, it sounds made up. Yeah. You know, this 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 individual with you know nothing more than the clothes on his back and a and a few weapons. Uh, uh, sets off across the the remote Arctic <laughs> wastelands, and you know, in temperatures that plummeted to like to minus seventy, and was able to outrun and outgun the RCMP for forty nine days. And then when they finally they finally uh, shoot and kill him, they're never able to establish um, his identity. And so that was the impetus for the exhumation in two thousand and seven to try to sort of take it to the next step and with his DNA, see if we can find, um, you know, who this individual was. So tell us about that. 2007, uh, granted approval to exhume the body of the mad trapper to get some of this DNA to figure out what, to figure out who he is. But first off, what did you find out about him at that point? Well, it's very interesting. I mean, he was, his body was fairly well preserved given that he was in the permafrost for you know, uh, the better part of uh, 80 years. So we did find that um, he was killed um, by a shot from the back that was um, most likely made from one of the indigenous guides that were uh, helping uh, the RCMP track him down. He had scoliosis, so there are stories that he had a little hitch in his step and, and a limp. And also he was probably in his 30s, so that would make him... You know, he was probably born around 1900, hmm. uh, which he could have been a World War One veteran. And the other thing that we found from, you know, leading edge science at the time is his oxygen isotope levels. That, and those are set down in, in your teeth when you're a child and they never change, is that he likely as a child lived in the American uh, Midwest. So uh, now that we know that his family, or at least his ancestors, 
are from, you know, a very small area of Sweden. And, you know, this DNA, this new DNA discovery goes back 12 generations. So this is like 250 years ago. We're back into his ancestry. This is amazing. And I just, it's it, it, yeah, DNA and what you can find out is just mind boggling. So um, being able to get the DNA, uh, you've been able to compare um, yeah, other or genet genetics with other possible relatives. Uh, Othram joined and, and they're like top of the top of the mill when it comes to, to DNA uh, genome sequencing that sort of thing so what do we know about the family um, or potential family and 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 what are you asking for now where do you need the help well um, this has really helped us open this investigation up to the public in the world so we're not doing this in isolation anymore yeah. so with these new revelations we're you know we're informing uh, people in Sweden the, the Swedish media and obviously there's a lot of immigrants uh, that have come to North America um, around the turn of the, the 19th century, 20th century. So um, this is an opportunity for all of those people who thought that they maybe were connected. And we've, since we first um, exhumed the body and did the first DNA test, at the time there was about a half a dozen families who had very strong circumstantial evidence that this was their relative. So they had the, the timeline fit, you know the photos such as they are you know kind of look like him but they they've all come up negative but in the last 14 years we've tested more than two uh, dozen families and all of them have come up negative so it's and, and, it, and it never ceases to amaze me how many people are <laughs> really eager to want to be related <laughs> to this this to this cop killer so we do know that he's linked to multiple descendants of gustav magnuson and brita svendotter um and um th there are towns in in sweden that they're linked to and i i don't know how to say them properly but it's like hangar Kavsjo and koltorp in sweden so now with that information i mean if people are like like, hey, that name sounds familiar, or hey, that town sounds familiar, what can they do? Well, there's uh, there's two things. So if um, uh, many people have got their DNA tested through one of the popular sites, such as you know 23andMe or Heritage DNA or Ancestry, if, if they have that information, they can simply go to DNA Solves um, to Authram, and they can upload their information and we would know fairly quickly uh, within a couple of days if they're related. So we're kind of taking the same approach that law enforcement does. And if you remember back, it's just uh, been two years now that um, this is how they caught the Golden State Killer. Yes. Um, so this is going to be the same sort of pr uh, uh, investigative process that uh, David Middleman and his team of scientists at Othram are going to undertake to try to find his family. So you must be just feeling uh, a, like a bundle of excitement behind your chest going, oh my gosh, we're so close. Well, it is, it is pretty exciting. I've always believed that we're never going to know who this individual was, and I'm not convinced that we ever will. I mean, this is, if we're ever going to know, I think this is one big step um, to get there. But this individual has been you know, just so elusive, um, despite everything that we learned about him in 2007 and all the families that have been tested. So I think, uh, you know, stand by. Uh, the, <laughs> 
there's lots of new information I think still to come. So again, if you want to get involved um, and, and you've you've already had a, a DNA test, you can register at dnasolves.com. If you've not been, yeah, if you've not tested your DNA, DNA but want to participate, DNA Solves Connect. Those are the best places to go to. And you know what, Michael, we will continue to watch this and I look forward to talking to you uh, in the future when maybe we know more. Well, I'll keep you up to date. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, Dad. take care. Michael Jorgensen this afternoon. He's a producer, filmmaker with Myth Merchant Films. Closer and closer to finding out the real identity of the mad trapper of Rat River.